Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. You may be seated. My dear friends in Christ, I don't know if you noticed the tone, but in the Old Testament lesson, with this prophecy that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, this was not exactly given in the nicest way. Ahaz had been told to ask God for a sign, and Ahaz refused, thinking he was the Holy One, saying, well, I'm not going to put God to the test and do that. Meanwhile, throughout his life and his reign, he has been putting God to the test in every way imaginable. And so as God invites him to ask for a sign, this is the last straw. And at that last straw, God says this prophecy, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. He says this, but he also tells Ahaz, though this is true, your land is going to be wiped out, desolate. No one will dwell in it. All the people will be taken away. And good luck getting back to normal. That normalcy that we're talking about is what God had referred to as the throne of David or the kingdom of David. And in that kingdom, there would be people, men, who would be set up to be king over the nation. And those men would come from the very bloodline of David. David's son would take the throne, his son would take the throne, his son would take the throne, his son would take the throne. And of course, there were usurpers. But always David's son came to the throne. Until the time that they could not. When they were sent out into exile, the bloodline of David was essentially lost. There was no one to rule over the throne of Israel. That's not to say that people didn't know that they were related to David. But the ascendancy to that throne didn't happen anymore. The palace was gone. The temple was gone. The city was gone. The entire nation of Israel was no more. Then they returned from exile. And in their return from exile, it was never the same for Israel again. Never. Not once. Because from that time on, they were always ruled over by a foreign government, a foreign king. This was against Old Testament law, and yet this still happened. And there were many rebellions. There were many times when the people would rise up against those governments, those kings, and they would try to overthrow them and take back their nation for themselves and for their God. And yet every single time the rebellion failed. Every single time. Now ultimately this will culminate in the rebellion that finally leads the Romans to siege Jerusalem and destroy the temple there in the year 70, and lay waste to the entire city and to the nation, taking all the Jews from that place and removing them out into the rest of the world. That was the final one. But it just so happened that there were a series of rebellions before Jesus' birth. 
And in those series of rebellions, we find out that Jews were fighting for their king to come back to the throne. And it just so happens, it's been posited, and I believe it, that Joseph, the adoptive father of Jesus, the poor carpenter from Bethlehem, now living in Nazareth, scraping his way through life, this Joseph, betrothed to a young girl who finds herself pregnant, a dishonor among all dishonors, this Joseph was set to be the king over all of Israel. Joseph is a true son of David. And if the Romans had not put Herod in place, it should have been Joseph sitting there. Joseph should have been reigning from the throne to rule over the people of Israel for his Lord and theirs. But alas, it was not so. Joseph, instead, was poor. And how do we know Joseph was poor? Because after Jesus is born, they take Jesus to the temple to make their sacrifice. They bring two turtle doves, which was God's allowance to the poor of Israel, that if they could not afford a lamb, they could bring two turtle doves to sacrifice. Joseph was not a rich man. Joseph was not a well-respected man. Joseph was Joseph. But Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph was a good man. Joseph would have been a good king over Israel. But Joseph, and I'm going to spoil the story for you if you've never heard the Christmas story before, Joseph would recognize that he is not the king but that in his wife's arms is the king, not just of Israel, but the entire universe, all of creation. Joseph would have happily given up his throne for the sake of his son. And praise be to God for Joseph. Joseph is for us an example of what it is to be a Christian, what it is to live a Christian life. You have to remember, Joseph is a good man. So when he finds out that Mary is pregnant before they are actually married, he resolves to divorce her quietly. And you think, well, wouldn't a good man just say, well, I'll raise this child as my own? The problem with that, the big problem with that, is not that it would bring dishonor, on Joseph, but that it would bring more dishonor on Mary. And so in attempting to divorce her quietly, he actually is allowing her the ability not to be seen as just some prostitute or as somebody who was raped in the middle of the night or as, well, anything else you could imagine that people would say about a woman who gets pregnant out of wedlock. He gives her the opportunity in this way to save her honor. Otherwise, she would have spoiled Joseph's. I know this is weird to think about to us because this is not part of our culture. 
but it actually makes more sense to them to not marry Mary when she's pregnant than to marry her. She's able in this way to keep her honor. Joseph is a good man. One night he goes to sleep. These are good things, right? We love sleep. That's good. An angel of the Lord comes to him. Now, usually when we see the angel of the Lord in the scripture, we think this is Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. But of course, we know this is not Jesus. And why? Because Jesus is in Mary's belly. But an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David. Joseph, you know you're supposed to be king. Joseph, you're learned enough to know that you should be sitting on the throne. Joseph, it's okay. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to marry her. Don't be afraid to be with her. Don't be afraid of her reputation. Don't be afraid of your reputation. Don't be afraid. Common refrain when we see the angels, isn't it? That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You gotta imagine Joseph in this dream is probably sitting there going, I have no idea what you're saying. I mean, don't you have dreams like that? Middle of the night, you're dreaming along, nothing seems to make sense. You're flying over the city streets, colors are inverted, people are speaking gobbledygook. And yet this angel of the Lord is speaking so clearly to Joseph. It is more than a dream. It is more even than what you can imagine this sermon is. It is a direct and clear revelation from God himself speaking to Joseph and saying, Don't be afraid. The child in Mary is God. That's what it means. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph is going to give or have he's going to marry his wife, who is going to give birth to this son and call his name Jesus. Jesus is a name in Hebrew, Yahshua. It means he shall save. Jesus's purpose for this life is literally in the very letters of his name. And Joseph, all of a sudden, is confronted by God and saying, don't be afraid. This is the one you've been waiting for. Son of David, to whom all people in Israel should look as king, this is the Messiah. This is the true king. This is the true son of David. started out with Ahaz and it wasn't very good. Ahaz tempted God, tested him and he himself was found wanting and the kingdom was destroyed. But now in a dream of all places the kingdom of Israel is set right again. This is a declaration of the gospel. 
Jesus saving his people from their sins. That is the very definition of the gospel. It has gone from severe law. The Messiah is coming and watch out. He's going to destroy you. And now the Messiah comes and watch out. He's going to save you. This ultimately is there to show us who it is that this Jesus is, who he is, what he's going to do, what he has done as the eternal son of the father. Joseph was a good man because he woke up from that dream and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not know her until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, I think this pretty clearly puts it into place that as soon as Joseph had this dream about Mary, they were actually married. They were. Betrothal is a little different than what we have as engagement. It's more serious. It really is a marriage. You still have to divorce if you're just betrothed. But in this moment, Joseph gave up his fear and went and married his love. It may not be that they knew each other all that well. It may have been that there was a large age difference between them. But Joseph took Mary to himself and committed to her and said, I will love you for the rest of my life. And we know that he did. Our church tradition teaches us that. And it would happen that Joseph would die. He would die before his son went to the cross, which is right. For the king is dead. Long live the king. Joseph was a good man. But he had to die. The last son of David had to die to give way to the true son of David. Now what does this mean for you? Because I can stand up here and I can tell you stories all day. And sometimes I would like to. But what does this mean for you? What is it that you are being called to when it comes to Christ? You were called to believe. You were called to not be afraid. Be like Joseph. Joseph is in the scripture as an example for you to follow after. Be like Joseph. Now, I'm not saying that you should be marrying anybody who has given, uh, gotten pregnant out of wedlock. And I'm not saying you should go and find the most downtrodden person. And I'm certainly not saying that you should go and marry someone that is so young it's almost indecent in today's society. That's not it. But be good as Joseph and give way to the king of the Jews. Give way to the son of David. I don't know about you, That's a lie. I do know about you. This is hard. To believe that God has everything in his hands, to believe that God is guiding all of history. We see the world crumbling around us. We see the persecution of the church increasing. We see society going downhill. And we think of it and we think, does God really have it? Is he truly directing it? And the angel of the Lord would speak to you if he came to you in a dream and say, Do not be afraid. For indeed the virgin conceived and bore a son. And his name 
is called Emmanuel. My friends, as we sin, and we sin grievously, not one of us is able to stand up before God and count ourselves as righteous before him. As we sin, as we doubt, as we forsake our God, we are constantly called back by God's word to this place and to this altar and to that font for the purpose of remembering that your Jesus has come to you to save you. And he is not an absent Jesus. But he is a Jesus who is with you. He is God with you. This Jesus whom Joseph knew in the womb of his mother for nine months. This Joseph who gave this Jesus a place to be born in a manger trough where even the animals would dare to feed. This Joseph who would raise his son, would train him in being a carpenter. And this Joseph who would die to make room for the rule of this Christ. This Joseph knew God was with him. God was with him in all things. And so it is so for you. For even though we may sometimes be tempted to do the wrong thing, even though we oftentimes will do the wrong thing, even as we doubt, even as we carry our burdens, not releasing them to God, even as we do all the things that would separate us from him, the promise of the Christ is yet for you. That God is with you. And his name is Jesus. For he will and he has saved you from your sins. Be like Joseph. Trust in your Lord. Be like Joseph. See him even in this place as he comes to you in his body and his blood. And be with him. For he has called you here and now at this moment for this time that he might surround you and that you may truly see that he is the very embodiment of the name Emmanuel. Your God is with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.